The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, welcome to the Disability Law Show. You want to reach out anytime? No problem. one 821 5900 That and the email address from which we uh, read all of our emails on the show, and we will today as well, anytime, help at disabilityrights.ca. There's also a wonderful page that is a great resource for you to ask your questions, and that is mydisabilityquestions.com. Guys, coming up on the show today, uh, Savannah and Albert, we will get to five myths about long-term disability that insurance companies Want you to believe that's coming up here in just a little bit, but a bunch of emails, and I know uh, each of you guys have a week that was something that's happening on your desk over the last uh, well week or two. What's uh, what's up, guys? Savannah, you're first, pal. What's up? Absolutely, John. Well, again, yep. it's it's been a very busy week. Uh, we're still in this pandemic. You know, everybody's still uh, at home or, or uh, you know, uh, venturing out slowly. And, and of course, you know, our firm, our law firm, uh, specializes in employment law and long-term disability law. And that's important, you know, especially now you're hearing more and more of people who are applying for disability for long-term, for short-term and long-term disability and are getting denied. They're getting denied benefits by their insurance companies and we are here to help. That's what we do. That's where our teams in Ontario and British Columbia uh, do on a daily basis. We advise people who've lost their jobs on their severance entitlements as well as people who are denied uh, unjustly and illegally by their insurance companies the benefits that they're owed. And one of the websites that we had created years ago, John, uh, many of our listeners are familiar with it. It's a free website where you can ask questions about your long-term disability claim, and our team members answer it for free uh, within minutes. It's called www.mydisabilityquestions.com. So let me start off with that. There is a question that was posted by Mario, and here's what he writes. He says, my physician has provided medical evidence to support my condition and has provided restrictions to support a gradual return to work with modifications. I have been receiving disability payments and my two-year mark is coming up in July. I have not heard back from my employer regarding my return to work. My benefits provider has ordered a vocational assessment, which I completed. Uh, What are my options if my employer does not reinstate me uh, and if I'm not employable based on my restrictions and limited education? That's the question. Those are the questions. Now, John, as we always say on this show and on our TV show, you know, employment law and disability law are two areas of law that overlap. And that's very important to understand because you can go to an employment lawyer who may not have uh, knowledge and experience in disability law, and that lawyer may miss crucial things that applies to you and, you know, vice versa with somebody who only does disability law. So here you have a situation with a gentleman who has been on disability for almost two years. And why is that relevant? Well, because to be on LTD, to get long-term disability benefits for the first two years, you have to prove through the help of your doctors or whoever's treating you that you cannot do the essential duties of your own occupation. It's called the own occupation test. Mm -hmm. To get benefits beyond the two-year mark, you now have to demonstrate that you cannot do any occupation for which you're suited for by training, education, or experience. So it's a more more difficult test to meet, but nonetheless, many people do in fact meet that test. However, insurance companies cut people off at that two-year mark or just before, many times uh, arbitrarily. And so we help them get those benefits. Now, this gentleman here, his doctor had said to him, look, 
with the right modifications and uh, you know with with the right changes in your workplace, you should be able to try a return to work program. There are a few things I want to touch on here because many people are in that situation. First of all, uh, we, our view is, and Albert's going to say the same thing. He's he's on here too on the show. He's a lawyer at the office. He does disability claims across Ontario and BC. He'll tell you the exact same thing. If you can work, you should in fact work. But if you're on disability and your doctor says, look, maybe it's time for you to try to go back, you have to listen to what your doctor is saying, and you obviously have to engage your employer. Well, in this case, with Mario, who wrote that uh, question here, he's saying that his employer hasn't said anything to him. Well, he has certain employment rights, and this is where the employment side of the practice comes in. If he's able to go back to work and his employer does not accommodate him, he may have a claim against his employer, in which case our employment lawyers will be able to help him deal with his employer to make sure either he's back to work with modifications or that he's paid out if they can't accommodate him or they won't accommodate him under the law. But here's the thing, John. Many people who are on disability try to go back to work uh, gradually. They do so with modification, but they find out within days of trying to go back to work that for whatever reason they can't, they're still disabled. And so, you know, in many instances, the doctor says, listen, you gave it your best shot. You can't go back to work yet. Uh, you know, we need some more time. And so the individual will try to contact their insurance provider and say to the insurance provider, put me back on LTD benefits. And in many cases, and Albert will attest to this, the insurance company says, no, we don't want to put you back on. So again, what are your options? Because now you can't work but you're not getting LTD. We right. can help you with that. This is the kind of stuff that we help people with each and every day. It's not difficult to resolve these kinds of cases. People need to, to, to just be informed and understand what their rights are uh, as against their employer uh, in, in, in the employment context, but also with respect to their disability rights. You don't want to be stuck between the employer and the insurance company, both of which are not paying you, and then you're stuck with no money, right? And this is what we do each and every day. We advise people about these issues. Again, that website, mydisabilityquestions.com, that is what uh, Savan was referring to. And the phone number, of course, one 821 5900 Albert, uh, step up, pal. What do, you got, uh, what do you got for this week? Well, this week, I had a situation where a claim was going to mediation. So this is someone that has already sued, and we were looking to resolve this claim. And my client was caught playing 18 rounds of golf, which didn't really look all that good because my client was claiming that he had a number of physical injuries. And I just like to use this as a reminder that you have to be mindful of the fact that insurance companies are going to potentially conduct surveillance. They may look at your social media. They may look at what you're doing outside of your, outside of your work or in your everyday life. And they're going to use whatever they can to try and suggest that you can work. And I say this not to say that if you're living your life, you're not entitled to any benefits. But you have to be smart. Get your doctors to support you, but also be mindful of what the insurance companies are going to want to use against you. And I think this is very, very important because it's very common that insurance companies are going to conduct surveillance or look at your Facebook or your Instagram or your social media. So just be very mindful of that. Guys, let's take a, a quick break because it is that time. We're going to come back to a couple emails, and then we'll get into the five myths about long-term disability that insurance companies want you to believe. Don't, don't go anywhere. Stick around for this. And reach out anytime, one 855 
821-5900. That is the phone number, email address that we're using, help at disabilityrights.ca. And you can go to simply disabilityrights.ca, and there you will catch past shows of this nature and links to our television show as well. We'll take a short break. Get right back at it. Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back. Disability Law Show reaching out. Here's the number. Keep it toll free. Of course, 1-855-821-5900. Help at disabilityrights.ca. Now, if you have some time and you have some more questions when we're not uh, doing the show, something comes to mind afterwards, mydisabilityquestions.com is a, a wonderful resource for you, so check that as well. All right, guys, let's uh, move on to an email here. First one up for today is Blair. Blair says, guys, my wife has back issues and depression, and had been going to a clinic uh, her LTD adjuster told her to go to. She likes the physiotherapist, and he's very supportive, but her psychotherapist she sees hasn't been helpful, and after six months of sessions, he is saying that she should be able to go back to work. My wife's LTD adjuster called last Monday and told us that based on what the psychotherapist says, her benefits will stop by July 31st, but my wife's psychiatrist disagrees completely. Uh, should we have the psychiatrist call the psychotherapist? We already got a note from the psychiatrist saying that she shouldn't be returning to work anytime soon. What do you guys think? John, this is this is very common. Uh, and what I mean by that is that people who are on long-term disability often are told by their by their adjusters, their case managers at the insurance company to go to a particular doctor for treatments or a particular clinic for treatments. And I caution against that. Now, I want to make sure people understand, if the insurance company tells you to go to a doctor or to some practitioner for an assessment, that's very different than going for treatments, okay? The insurance company has the right to send you, or in this case, Blair's wife, to an assessment. They can do that, and you have to comply. You have to go. And we can do a whole show, and we will, about what to do and how to react and how to prepare for those kinds of assessments. But if you are told by your adjuster you have to go to a particular clinic for treatments or uh, to a particular doctor or, or a psychologist or someone for treatments, be very cautious. I always tell people uh, that you should find uh, on your own or with the help of your family doctor or someone else that you know the right person to treat you for whatever it is that ails you, whether it's depression, a back injury, chronic pain, whatever it is, find whoever it is that should be treating you. And here's the reason why. Look what happened here with Blair's wife. His wife went to the clinic that the adjuster told her to go to. And you got to think to yourself, why is the insurance company interested in Blair's wife going to that particular uh, clinic? Well, maybe because that clinic knows where their bread is buttered, right? They know that they're going to get more referrals from the insurance company if they crank out opinions down the road that will benefit the insurance company. And in this case, with Blair's wife, look at what that psychotherapist is doing. He's saying after six months of sessions that Blair's wife is ready to go back to work. Clearly, she's not. And we know that she's not because clearly Blair is very concerned for his wife. His wife is not ready. She doesn't feel ready to go back to work. And her psychiatrist, who is an MD, a medical doctor, disagrees completely with the psychotherapist. But what happened here is that the clinic that she was sent to by the adjuster, again, one of the practitioners that's treating her there is now telling the insurance company that she's ready to go back to work. So that now, now creates a problem 
and she's told that she's going to get cut off benefits, which of course you can just imagine her anxiety shoots up completely. Yep. And, and, and this is why Blair is contacting us, which is he's, he did the right thing because we can help. And how do we help here? It's, it's very simple. We're going to contact the psychiatrist. We're going to get the proper information that we need in writing from the psychiatrist as to why the psychotherapist is incorrect. And uh, because the insurance company has already told them that she is going to get cut off uh, by the end of July, they can now take uh, action. They can actually start a legal claim now to force the insurance company either to reinstate her, meaning not to cut her off, by July 31st, or to come to the table and resolve the claim in its entirety. Either way, here's what's happening here. They've been told the money stops on July 31st, so they need to know what to do. Now, I want to tell listeners out there, especially the new ones who are listening now in Vancouver, the Vancouver area, again, remember, if the insurance company tells you that your benefits are going to end by a certain date, they're going to end by a certain date. Now, they may invite you to appeal that decision, right? Every one of these cutoff letters or denial letters has a paragraph at the bottom that says, you can appeal within 30 days by giving us, you know, X and Y documentation. It's nonsense. Don't even bother with an appeal. These appeals are useless. They're internal processes the insurance companies use to, to basically shake you off claim, to frustrate you. Once in a blue moon, you may be successful, but you might as well go to Vegas and bet there as opposed to, you know, betting on the insurance company, right? So, Blair, we can help your wife. Not even a question here, but I want to caution people out there. If, if it was me, if it was my wife, uh, my son, my father, whoever, and the insurance company that is paying them disability is telling them to go to a clinic, a certain clinic for treatments, I would tell them absolutely not. Go to your family doctor, get a referral to someone that they trust, Okay, do not listen to the insurance company here. There is no policy out there that I have seen that mandates that you go to a specific clinic for treatments. Guys, let's take a short break. Albert, I want your opinion on that email, and then we'll move on from there to another one. And still to come, the five myths about long-term disability that insurance companies want you to believe. That is all on the way. Stick around. Phone number, anytime, toll-free, 1-855-821-5900. You want to send along an email, would love to have it. Help at disabilityrights.ca. It's a disability law show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Yep. And welcome back. Disability Law Show, the toll-free number. Anytime, keep it with you. 1-855-821-5900. Savannah or Albert, a member of the team, willing to help you out at that number, email address, and we get to some of those on the on the show here, of course. Every weekend, help at disabilityrights.ca. And if you go to the website, disabilityrights.ca, you will catch links to our television show as well, so you can see us and hear us all at the same time. Uh, Albert, any uh, follow-up to the uh, the email we read just before the break with uh, with Blair? Yeah, absolutely. We see this all the time. Insurance companies always like to cherry pick opinions. And of course, they're going to use the opinions that support their support their case or cause, mm-hmm. which is to ultimately try and cut you off. At the end of the day, having your psychiatrist call their psychotherapist isn't going to do anything. The insurance company has found their opinion and now they're sticking to it. Fortunately for you, though, the opinion of your psychiatrist is usually given a little bit more weight than that of a psychotherapist, especially one that's treating you regularly. As, as Savan said, the psychiatrist is an MD. So what you should be doing is getting a copy of that psychotherapist report or any of their clinical notes and records and getting your psych- psychiatrist to review them 
and actually pick apart that psychotherapist's opinion. At the end of the day, if you have a supportive psychiatrist, you definitely have a case. So, Blair, I don't want you or your wife to worry. Again, Blair, that number, you know the email address. You can reach out anytime, and, uh, and please do, one 821 5,900. All right, guys, we'll move on to another email. Next one up is Danica. Danica says, my parents have watched your program for a long time, and they told me to call you about my situation. I've been fighting with employer and insurance company for almost two years now because they keep rejecting my disability claim. First, I went on EI sick benefits, and then when I applied for long-term disability, which my employer is supposed to pay, the insurance company that they have that handles the claim said that I'm not totally disabled, so I don't qualify. I work in an auto plant, and my job is very physical. I have very bad migraines and chronic pain throughout my body. I'm 52, and if I don't get this disability, I don't know what I will do. My doctors agree that I can't work at this point. I've tried to appeal several times. And as you say all the time, appeals don't work. Uh, I've seen that firsthand. My question is whether I'm out of time to start a legal claim. John, this is this is a very, very important question because it touches on a few things we have to cover. People need to understand. Danica, the answer is you are not out of time, especially if the two-year mark from the first denial, the first time you were denied long-term disability, has not passed. But people need to understand, even though there may be some uh, ambiguity uh, with some court decisions in the past in Ontario and British Columbia, uh, the, the general rule of thumb is that the clock for you to start a legal claim to force your insurance company to pay you what you're owed starts uh, the day that you are told that your claim is denied. So if it's January 1st, 2020, that you're first told of that, then January 1st, 2022, you have to assume that your claim will expire. And what that means is that you will have no legal remedy to force the insurance company to pay you. Listen, there's no point begging the insurance company or appealing, which is the same thing, really. Danica, you say that you've tried to appeal several times, and you say, as I say, appeals don't work because they don't work. They don't work. You know how many times I have asked various adjusters that I know and people who do defense work for insurance companies, I said, do you have statistics that I can share with people on the show how many of these long-term disability appeals actually are successful? And everybody is giving me a roundabout answer. The point is, either there are no statistics out there or they don't want to share those statistics. So what is the alternative to an appeal if you've been denied long-term disability? The alternative is a legal claim. We engage a legal process. This is not something that should be putting stress on you because once we get involved, we assume all the communications with the insurance company. You're not the one communicating with the adjuster anymore. You're not the one communicating with anybody at the insurance company. You can focus on getting better. So, Danica, I thank your parents. I thank your parents for, for you know, uh, telling you to contact us because we can help you here. You know, at the end of the day, uh, if you are disabled from working, and we'll deal with the total disability uh, aspect of, the, uh, of, of, of your question in a second, but if you're unable to perform the essential tasks of your occupation or beyond the two-year mark of any occupation for which you're suited for, you should continue to get benefits, period. Don't walk away from the money that's owed to you. Don't let the insurance company just shake you off uh, the, the, the money that's owed to you. Now, I want to I talk briefly about total disability. Yeah. Many insurance companies, when they deny a claim, John, they say there is insufficient medical documentation or insufficient documentation to prove that you are totally disabled. That, f- that phrase, totally disabled, is a made-up term. 
It's a made-up term, in my opinion, to confuse the public and to confuse the medical community. Because when someone says totally disabled, you have to admit you're thinking somebody who's catastrophically injured, catastrophically impaired, in a coma, you know, uh, their limbs are, are cut off or something, uh, brain dead. Like That's what you're thinking when you say totally. That's not what it means in the context of long-term disability. It's not. We have many individuals out there that are unable to work because of depression or PTSD or anxiety or chronic pain or hip pain or shoulder, whatever, whatever the issue is. If you are unable to perform the essential tasks of your occupation, your occupation as a result of an illness or an injury or a combination of both, the insurance company should be paying you. It's that simple. And if you have any questions, again, it doesn't cost anything to speak with us. Albert, you have seen lots of this happen before. I mean, lots of people uh, contact you with exactly these kinds of issues, right? Absolutely, all the time. This is this is this is very very common, John. Very very common. And, and by the way, it's not just common in Ontario or BC. It's common across the countries because insurance companies are national. In fact, many of them are international. So you know, they're in the business of making money. I understand that. How do they make money? They collect premiums from you if it's a private insurance company or, or uh, policy or if it's through your employer and they try and pay as little as possible if, if nothing at all that's how insurance companies make money that is their model coming up guys the five myths about long-term disability that insurance companies want you to believe we'll get to uh Savannah and Albert uh, talking about each of those as we go through them. In the, meantime, uh, in the meantime, Roddy, you can call these guys anytime. It's one 821 5900 toll-free number. Yes, email is help at disabilityrights.ca. And you want to catch past shows, listen back, or our TV show as well. Links to that, disabilityrights.ca. The website is a good place to start. We'll get back to a disability law show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to it, guys. Uh, Disability Law Show to call through any time. Get a hold of the team, be it Savannah or Albert or a member of the team. Do it. Don't hesitate. Keep the number with you. Pass it around for friends or family members if they're a little bashful to call in on their own. one 821 5900 The website is disabilityrights.ca. You will catch links to past radio shows and our television show there as well. And the email which we uh, use on every show here is help at disabilityrights.ca. As promised, the five myths about long-term disability that insurance companies want you to believe. We're going to get right into these. Savannah, this dovetails nicely. Number one, or the first one I'm going to read with uh, the email we just uh, we just spoke about uh, being totally disabled. And that is it. You must be, quote-unquote, totally disabled to qualify for LTD. How about that one? Well, again, we just talked about that. So when the insurance company denies your long-term disability claim, and they say it's because you are not totally disabled and you know that you cannot do your job, don't get confused by the term. It's very, very important. And I hope that your doctors don't get confused because, you know, John, <laughs> I've spoken to doctors in the past who say, yeah, my patient is not totally disabled. I've had totally disabled patients. Totally disabled is a made-up term that the insurance company has created, I think, in my opinion, to confuse people. Because people all the time turn away and walk away from money that's owed to them because they believe that what the insurance company is telling them as the reason for why they don't qualify for LTD is correct. No, here's the test. Can you do the essential tasks of your own occupation? 
or any occupation if it's beyond two years? If the answer is no, and if your doctors support that no, then the insurance company is wrong and you are owed money. And just do quick math, John, it's very important. Quick math, let's say you're owed uh, $2,000 a month in LTD. Let's say you're 30 years old, okay, 2,000 a month. That's $24,000 a year. Let's say you're disabled for life until age 65. Do the math, $24,000 times 30 years. What does that equate to? Quick math, John, $720,000 you could be walking away from. What if you're owed 5,000 a month? You know what I mean? So we're talking about tremendous amount of money. Do not take whatever the insurance company is telling you at face value. You should be checking with us first. It's gonna cost you nothing. Just a quick chat on the phone or even via email, we can help you understand if the insurance company is correct in denying your claim, and we'll tell you if they are, or if you have uh, a, a legal case against them. And, and if you do, we'll tell you what your options are. Again, guys, toll-free number anytime, 1-855-821-5900. Email help at disabilityrights.ca. The five myths uh, they want you to believe. The insurance company's number two. Albert, this for you. You need a diagnosis to qualify for LTD. Oh, my God, John. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate this. You hear adjusters say this all the time, and it's just simply not true. Nowhere in any of the definitions that I've ever seen does it ever say that you need a diagnosis. If any adjuster is telling you that, they're simply wrong. It's the insurance company's way of trying to put it back on you. If your doctor doesn't know what's wrong with you, but they're still investigating, obviously something is wrong. And if you're feeling symptoms and you know you're unable to work, obviously something is wrong. Don't listen to these adjusters. One of the things that we like to do is we like to help inform your doctors that A, you don't necessarily need a diagnosis, but B, touching on this first myth, helping them understand what the definition of totally disabled means and that it doesn't mean that you have to be in a coma. It doesn't mean that you have to be missing a limb and that really it's about your functionality and your ability to work. So that's, that's kind of my thoughts on this needing a diagnosis. You definitely don't need one. And if any adjuster tells you that, know that they are wrong and please contact a lawyer. You know, the third one is really going to be stark, or it has, I know, Savan, you mentioned coming to light more and more with yeah. the uh, with the avid of COVID-19, and mm -hmm. that is the third one. The third myth is psychological illnesses or conditions do not qualify for LTD. They're going to regret that one. You know what? This is, uh, so, so there are two aspects to this, uh, and I have started to see this um, with people contacting me since COVID, the COVID outbreak uh, occurred here in Canada. You know, people are applying for short-term and long-term disability. But even before COVID, you know, some insurance companies will write back saying, we don't cover psychological claims. And some of them will say, we don't cover COVID-related claims. And, and, you know, I, I think in 99% of the people who have contacted me, when I, when I took a look at the paperwork, I looked at the policy that governs the relationship between the individual and the insurance company, the, the disability policy. I, I came to the conclusion that the, the insurance company is full of it. And, and here's the thing. Uh, unless the insurance policy, like the actual document, the contract says, we don't cover for psychological illnesses or disabilities, that means they do. You understand? It, it, they can't simply cherry pick and say, it's only if you have a broken bone that we're going to cover you. Now, you do have some policies out there that have specific requirements or criteria, 
But generally speaking, the vast majority of LTD policies out there will cover psychological illnesses and disabilities. I'm talking about anxiety, depression, PTSD, phobias, anything under the sun, so long as your treatment provider, psychologist, psychiatrist, family doctor, whoever's treating you, says that because of these symptoms, you have functional impairments. Like, for example, John, you know, you're doing this show on the radio. If you became depressed to the point that you can't get out of bed or you have difficulty functioning and you went to a psychotherapist or a psychologist, well, if they write down that you are unable to fulfill those functions of your job, of your occupation, the insurance company must cover you. They must pay you. And yet time and time again, we see insurance companies deny these claims. And I'm happy that people reach out. The worst thing you can do is be in limbo and take at face value what the insurance company is trying to sell you. They're trying to sell you that you have no claim. And oftentimes, it's the exact opposite. You have a claim, but the longer they can sell you on this myth that they don't cover psychological disabilities, they don't cover COVID-related claims, the, the more chance there is that you're going to be out of pocket for tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And guess who's going to keep all that money, John? One guess. You bet the insurance company. The insurance company, exactly. And that's money that's owed to you and your family. Don't do these, that. These are the five myths about long-term disability that insurance companies want you to believe. Number one and number two are coming up here after a short break. In the meantime, the number one eight five five eight two one. 5900, email help at disabilityrights.ca. Right after we finish these top two myths, we'll go right back to the emails as well. So stand by for that. It could be yours. And uh, we'll get right back to it. The Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back. Disability Law Show here, Global News Radio. You want to reach out, 1-855-821-5900, help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll get to the top two myths of the five myths that we narrowed it down to about long-term disability that insurance companies, they want you to believe. Number two is this, if the insurance company doctor says that you can work, then you must try to go back to work. The insurance doctor, mind you. Albert, you must have seen this before many, many times. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I see that. I see this all the time. And once again, this is just simply not true. At the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, what are you feeling? What are your doctors saying? That's what's going to win a legal claim at the end of the day. You know yourself better than anyone. Why are you going to listen to a doctor that they've hired who might have seen you once or twice when your doctors who you're regularly seeing are saying the exact opposite? It's as simple as that. Yeah, this, this happens, John, a lot of times. Remember, we talked about one of the emails that came through here uh, with the insurance company telling you they want you to see an assessor uh, or they want you to go for an assessment with a doctor. Generally, they say that because they don't like what your doctors are saying, your treating doctors. They want to see if they can get a hired gun, somebody that they pay for, to come up with an opinion that contradicts whatever your doctors are saying. And if they can have that, they can cherry pick that opinion and then try and rely on that. But here's the thing. you got to burst your bubble because at the end of the day, if it comes before a judge, and these things almost never go before a judge because insurance companies hate taking that risk yeah. of going in front of a judge and getting hammered. But if it's your treating doctors versus their hired gun who has seen you once, you know, maybe sometimes hasn't even seen you at all, just reviewed your file, who do you think a judge is going to believe? Of course, it's going to be your treating doctors, right? I mean, that's it stands to reason. That makes sense. Uh, so, you know, insurance companies understand that. 
and, and I agree with Albert. I mean, you listen to what your doctors are saying. You don't listen to what the insurance doctor is saying. It's just as simple as that in my mind. Five myths, guys. Number one is right here. Your insurance company decides when your LTD benefits end. So this is an interesting one here, and there is a nuance here. Again, remember, the myth is you think that the, your, your benefits end when your insurance company says that they will end. No, absolutely not. They end when the policy says that they end. So many, many policies out there, the most, uh, the, the, the majority of the policies say they end at age 65, or if you're ready to go back to work or employable, you know, there are certain criteria you have to fulfill to continue being on LTD. But many people are told, and this happens literally, John, every single day. I get emails and contacted by people who say, my insurance company told me my two years are up and my benefits are going to end. Meanwhile, they continue to be disabled. They're not 65 years old, and they can't work in any occupation, not just theirs occupation, but any occupation. Look, the insurance policy is what governs the relationship. The insurance company can't just pick and choose what they want to follow in that contract, in that policy. That's why when we talk to you, oftentimes we'll say, do you have a copy of your policy? Or if not, let's get the copy because we can look at it and we can test whether what the insurance company is saying is correct or not. And in most instances, in our experience, it's not correct, especially when the insurance company says, yeah, your benefits are going to end at the two-year mark. Now, hold on for a second. What do you mean it's going to end? I'm looking at the policy. It says that I should be pay- getting paid until age 65 if I can't work. Why are you cutting me off now? That's a valid question. But insurance companies don't want you to think too hard. They don't want you to look at the policy. They want you to believe what they tell you. Do not believe what they tell you. They have an agenda, and the agenda is not to take care of you. The agenda is to make profit for their masters. John is the next email up. How about that? Uh, I think we got time to get it in here before we break. John again went to help at disabilityrights.ca. says, uh, Gents, my son is 32. He suffered from depression since his early 20s, but he was mostly able to manage with his medication. He had a small business that he had to shut down last year. He applied for disability insurance but was denied. He was seeing a psychiatrist before COVID-19, and he is now having virtual sessions covered by OHIP. There's no way he can work right now, and his psychiatrist agrees. He's going to appeal, but I've listened to your show and told him he shouldn't because it's a waste of time. We love John. But he doesn't want to start a legal claim because he doesn't have money to pay for a lawyer. Are you able to help at all? Can you at least talk to him? Albert, this is all yours. Why don't you answer, John? We can definitely help. Uh, The good thing about working with us is that you don't need any money up front. From the sounds of it, the insurance company should not have denied him. And if he has a supportive psychiatrist, he absolutely has a case and he absolutely has legal rights. Uh, I'd recommend that he calls us right away. I'm personally happy to speak with him for free. And there's zero pressure for him to proceed with us if he wants to. Uh, If still after speaking with us, he no longer wants to start a legal claim. He's not bound to anything. It's just a free call. He might as well know what his rights are. And John, one of the things that I want to mention here is that, you know, we've been getting these emails uh, and oftentimes we're contacted by family members of the individuals who are in dispute with their insurance companies. And for listeners out there, again, you know, what we're talking about here is general information. So if it doesn't apply to you, you may know someone. 
You may know someone who needs this help, this information, put them in touch with us or get their permission to, to, to put them in touch with us. I mean, the, the key is to get this information out there to empower people. And at the end of the day, you don't have to hire us. You don't have to hire any lawyer as long as you know your rights. I mean, the worst thing you can do is make a decision about something that is so uh, uh, grave and so you know monumental, uh, like disability benefits, which oftentimes will you know be the safety net you need to survive economically without having all the information that you need. And I'll tell you, John. Since we've done this show, I've also gotten a lot of negative feedback from people in the insurance industry. They're not happy that we are giving this information out because by empowering people, they have a more difficult job because now when they take a position, they deny a claim, they have to justify it and they have to understand that most people out there are not the way they were five years ago, 10 years ago. Now they're educated. They know what their options are. So it makes it more difficult for insurance company uh, companies to get away with not paying people what they're owed. But again, if you have any questions whatsoever, don't just email it to us to the show. Contact myself directly, Albert directly. We will be more than happy to speak with you. Give me the number right now before we uh, slip into one more break here. And that number that Savannah speaks of, uh, if you haven't got it down by now, here it is. Toll free, 1-855-821-5900. And the email address again, help at disabilityrights.ca. That's where we're going again right after short break. This is the Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. This is the Disability Law Show. Thanks for spending uh, part of your hour with us. If you have, uh, you want to reach out to the uh, the fellows after the show is done, 1-855-821-5900, disabilityrights.ca, the website. You can catch past shows there, links to our television show as well. And any time to ask questions on your own if something comes to mind, mydisabilityquestions.com. Janice, next up, email says, I went off work due to workplace harassment and a toxic work environment. With my psychiatrist and psychologist support, I was eventually approved for LTD2. I am now almost at the two-year mark of my medical leave. I know from listening to your show that it is never good when the insurance company requests an independent medical assessment. I'm reaching out to see if I have any options with the insurance company's request for this assessment. What do you guys think? Well, Janice, thank you for contacting us. So I'll give you my thoughts and then Albert can give you his. So first of all, the fact that you have a psychiatrist and a psychologist, both of which are telling the insurance company that you're unable to work, uh, that's, that's a big, big thing here because you have people who are treating you, who are experts in their fields, who are confirming that you are disabled from working. Uh, now, you are coming up to the two-year mark, which we've talked about before, uh, and this is when many, many insurance companies are starting to think about how they're going to shake you off your claim, how they're going to stop paying you. They understand that once you cross that two-year threshold, they may have to pay you for a very long time, and they don't want to do that. So they are starting to look for ways, to look for reasons for why they can cut you off. And one of the ways is to send you to an assessment. And there's a whole bunch of different assessments. There is a vocational assessment. There is a, a transferable skills assessment. There can be some kind of a doctor assessment, any kind of assessment. Now, you have to go to these assessments. You don't have to go to, you know, three psychiatrists, for example, but you have to go to an assessment uh, th that, that deals with, with a particular aspect of your disability. And, uh, you know, you're asking what your options are. Well, you can't say no because if, well, you can, but if you do, you would be potentially in breach of your policy and that gives them an excuse to cut you off. 
But what you can do is you can do things to prepare for that assessment. You can talk to your doctors, the psychiatrist, the psychologist. You can put them on standby. Uh, you can make sure that you get, you know, the name and, 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 and uh, designation of whoever is assessing you and do some research on them. You know, you need to be truthful, obviously, about uh, everything that ails you. When you go to the assessment, you have to give the truth. But when you finish the assessment, you should be requesting a copy of the report from the adjuster because then if that report says something that contradicts what, you, what your psychiatrist and psychologist are saying, you can get your psychiatrist and psychologist to write a rebuttal. Again, this is a way of arming yourself in the event that the insurance company cuts you off. But I'll tell you, John, almost every time when the insurance company tells someone, we want you to be seen by an assessor, and that assessor says that the person is not disabled from working, almost every time I have seen the insurance company cut the person off. Not legitimately. Not legitimately. We can fight that. We can reverse that position. We can force the insurance company to the table to pay benefits. But Albert, I mean, I, you probably have many, many cases that you're handling where where uh, people were sent for independent assessments, and on the basis of those assessments, the insurance companies cut people off, and then when you got involved, you were able to force the insurance company to the table, right? Yeah, I see it all the time. It's very, very rare that the insurance company hires someone to do an assessment, and then they don't cut someone off. It's only a matter of time. Usually, they wait for that report. As soon as they get that report... And they give you maybe a month or two, and then they cut you off. Uh, and just just kind of a quick point as well. I'm more than happy to speak with absolutely anyone in the in the event that they get told that they need to go to an assessment. Uh, please give us a call. We'll tell you the types of things that you should say, shouldn't say, uh, and we'll t- we'll tell you how to really prepare for that assessment. I think that's important because uh, you want to be making sure that you're saying the right types of things, nothing that can hurt your hurt your case down the road. Yeah, and John, actually, there's something else I want to touch on in Genesis' email here. She says she went off to work due to workplace harassment and toxic work environment, and there's a whole bunch of issues associated with that. One of the issues here are, does she have a constructive dismissal claim? Because remember that if you have a toxic work environment, you can't work there. There is an employment concept that is called constructive dismissal. The employer has created an environment where you can't operate, you can't function. That potentially leads to a claim for severance. And again, as we talked about at the outset of the show, there is an interplay between employment law and disability law. Because if you are entitled to severance, are you going to get that severance? Or is the insurance company going to swallow it up? Because one thing people need to understand is if you are let go from your job or if you go after severance from your employer while you are on LTD, the majority of LTD policies out there contain provisions that say that the insurance company is entitled to a credit for that severance. So you see how this is so important, John, that people understand that if you have these kinds of issues, employment issues, uh, disability issues, you go to a law firm like ours, there are not many of them around, that have a specific focus on those two areas of law only. We don't do real estate, we don't do family law, we don't do criminal law, we don't do tax law. We do employment law on behalf of employees, and we do disability laws on behalf of disabled individuals fighting insurance companies for the benefits they're owed. Good stuff, guys. We'll pretty much leave it there for another day. You want to reach out now to Alberto Savan. Don't hesitate. It's uh, there's there's absolutely no reason why you would. Uh, the phone number anytime, toll free again one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Use that. You can go to the website. There's contact there as well. Disabilityrights.ca plus the capability to check out our TV show and past radio shows. 
uh, while you're at disabilityrights.ca. Put a help at in front of that, and you'll get the email address, help at disabilityrights.ca, and another website that's been crafted for you to leave questions, and they will be answered. In fact, there's a search option. You can look for your questions, see if it's already been asked and answered in depth, and that would be mydisabilityquestions.com. So we'll leave it there for another week. Appreciate you joining us. This has been the Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.